My parents still owe me $10,000 and I don't know how to talk to them about this. Ever since I could start making money, I started saving. By the time I was 16 years old, I had bought my first car with cash and still had $1,500 in my savings account with a full-time job and a second part-time job. My parents had full access to this account because I was still a minor. When I was 17, my family took a trip that my parents couldn't afford. They asked me if they could use some of my savings and that they would pay me back afterwards. At the time, I agreed. Little did I know that they would use that as permission to take money out regularly. Hundreds of dollars every month for three years. When I finally realized I stopped putting money in that account, I opened up a checking account and a new savings account at a different bank. The last time they took money out was August of last year. I was 20 at the time. I worked for them as well and many times I would just not get paid. I always kept track of that and I still know the exact amount they missed. I always kept track of how much I should have. In writing, every check, every payment, and every withdrawal I ever made, I kept a list. I knew exactly how much I should have in my account, and it was well over $10,000. And with that money, I wanted a new car. $18,000 was the cost, and by selling my other car, I had enough and then some. Or so I thought. When I went to check how much was in my first savings account, it was completely empty. I had nothing left in that account. There should have been $10,000 or more and it was completely empty. I went straight to my parents and told them I wanted this new vehicle and asked them to help me pay for it because they still owed me money. They were reluctant at first and denied owing me so much, but I practically begged them to help. They finally did and paid the remainder of my work money, which was $3,000, and they bought my old car from me for about five thousand dollars. I paid the rest with the money from my new savings account. I moved out last October and when I brought up the money they owed me, I was told that they don't owe me more than a thousand dollars because they paid for my phone and car insurance while I was living with them and they helped pay for my newest car. They never had rules about my bills. They just paid for it without a word otherwise. I am okay with deducting that from the total, but I'd rather not. It was money I made fairly and they never told me I had to pay them anything and I did offer to do so. And as for the car, they only paid off my work money, not even the money they took from me. In total, they owed me over $10,000. I have no idea how to bring this up and how I could even win this battle. I am personally looking to buy a house and have a wedding soon. That extra money would be extremely helpful and our relationship is still rocky since I moved out. I don't want to make things worse, but it is a lot of money that I kind of need. What should I do? If you honestly documented all of these things and you have a complete time stamped list of all the times that they have absolutely taken money out of your account without your consent, then I would make a copy of that and then show them in detail and say, hey, these are all the times that you took money out of my account. And for them to suddenly say, hey, you had bills, but you didn't even know it is really unfair. It sounds like they just don't want to give you the money back, which is just really, really toxic. Like they were clearly using you as a piggy bank throughout your entire teenage years. And that is really unfortunate. I don't know if there's any way you could really get that money back without getting a lawyer and Involved, and getting a lawyer involved would be very, very expensive and you would win, but at what cost kind of thing? Like, yeah, you would probably get the $10,000 back, but I'm pretty sure your parents would hate you forever. But if you really wanted to go that route, I think you've got a solid case on your hand potentially. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. But if you are serious enough where this has really been detrimental towards your future, then maybe looking at getting one wouldn't be a bad idea. If anything, just to get some advice. Although I don't know how far or how much a lawyer is going to be able to do for you when they did take 
bank money out of an account that technically had their name on it. That's probably the biggest bummer when it comes to working as a teenager is the fact that if you have a bank account, your parents do have access to it. That's how it is in the United States. If you live overseas, let me know how it works over there. So technically, they're not in the wrong for taking money out of your account, even though it is absolutely morally wrong. And the way they're going about doing this is so toxic. It's not even funny. But either way, I really do hope you're able to get this money back in some way. Hopefully your parents come to their senses and they give you your money back. Although I honestly don't see that ever happening. But don't give up hope. It might work out. You never know. You just got to keep at it and see if you can try and convince them to get this going. An entitled lady applies for a job and then gets upset when we don't hire her, even though she has no experience in this job. So I am the hiring manager at a neighborhood branch of a big library system. We get a lot of folks interested in working at the library for any number of reasons. Sometimes they truly love the mission, they have experience in education, but want to shift out of the classroom. Maybe they have an English degree and have no idea how to use them. Sometimes we just get people who apply because they live nearby. Maybe they just want to walk to work and our pay is decent. It's not great, but it gets it done. I do like hiring people with a connection to the community that we serve. But for me, when it comes to hiring, your reason has to be better than just an easy commute. I always try to be straight with people about their chances because we get a lot of applications for each job opening. If you don't have relevant experience or a related degree, it's probably not going to happen. I'm always happy to work with people on their resumes and get them hooked up with our volunteer department so they can get experience if that's what they want. I personally hire a lot of former volunteers at our library, especially young adults who were teen volunteers who needed their first real job. Sometimes I have to speak with people who applied and were not interviewed because they want feedback or they just want to complain to me. Whatever, it's part of the job and I'm always happy to give feedback. That is, if it will be utilized. One woman, we'll call Linda, that's not her real name, has applied for several jobs and has never been hired. She's a regular customer who's rude to my staff and who clearly doesn't know how to use a computer. Now, there is nothing wrong with being computer illiterate, but that's a lot of what we do. We help people with computers when they don't know how to use them. It is a key skill for our staff. Anyway, Linda demanded to know why I didn't interview her. I explained that we had had a lot of candidates who had worked or volunteered in the libraries before. She claimed that I was unfairly giving preference to candidates that have experience. I was honestly speechless at that point. What other metric am I supposed to use to hire people if not relevant experience? Overall, it was really just a weird situation and I'm glad she's not part of our staff. It's crazy how entitled people can get when it comes to the hiring process. And this Linda lady is no different. Experience is such a big part of like getting the job. That's like saying you're going to be an electrician without having any electrician experience. You probably have to go to school and get some kind of training to know what you're doing. And the lady in this story doesn't sound like she knows at all how to even use a computer. And she's been rude to the staff. If I was in the original poster's shoes, there's no way I would hire that lady. Why on earth would I want someone on the staff who's been rude to the people that I rub elbows with? No way and no thanks. So good luck to this Linda lady for even trying to get a job at this place. I think she might want to cut her losses and just start looking somewhere else, to be honest. My boyfriend is not making any effort to advance in life. Am I being too judgmental? We've been together for a year, and since we first met, he has been planning to go back to school this fall. However, when I confronted him about not yet registering for school, he got angry at me because he felt like I didn't have any faith in him. I tried to be gentle and approach the topic by asking if he was serious about wanting to get his degree. He also said he might not register for this semester because his dad is going through so much financial hardship and said I was accusing him of being lazy. I asked him why doesn't he try to pitch in for his tuition. One semester at the school he wants to go to is around $1,200, which is definitely achievable with a full-time job and no living expenses to pay. He then accused me of not being an unconditionally supportive partner. To add to this, he doesn't have
have credit or a driver's license, so it's getting more and more difficult for me to see a future with him. There was a four-month period of time where he could have worked and saved for school, but he stayed unemployed until I cracked down and told him that he needs to start saving if our vacation is going to happen in a few months. Even then, at the time, he wasn't able to pay for his portion, and I had to buy his plane ticket and cover the hotel costs. I'm still waiting for him to pay me back for that, by the way. This would all be fine to me if we were 21 years old, but being 25, working part-time, and putting in no effort into advancing his career is not cute to me. Should I break up with him, or should I give him more time and be a little more understanding? What should I do? It does not sound like this guy has anything together in his life. It seems like this guy made some plans without actually setting any goals. One of those goals has to be having a job and making money, or even just making small steps to get to where he wants to go. It's one thing to say, yeah, I'm going to go back to school in the fall, but it's another thing to say, oh, I'm going to get my driver's license to be able to do this. By the way, I'm 25 years old. It seems like he's got his priorities mixed up and he's super sensitive about his girlfriend calling him on it, which isn't fair for the girlfriend because she's honestly just trying to help. And plus, it sounds like this guy's been using her as a piggy bank for about a year now. So it really is time for him to get up and start going. So in my opinion, if you think it's worth it, give him another chance. See if you can help him set some solid goals where he can actually get his driver's license, get some money and get back to school. Otherwise, he's just going to stay in a lazy state. And I honestly don't see things changing for the better without a little bit of help. My girlfriend of six years confessed to me that she cheated on me and I don't know what to do about it. My girlfriend works at a small cafe and is pretty close with her co-workers. There was one guy who will call Jim, that's not his actual name, that her other co-workers teased her about since the beginning, saying she would be cute with him. Stuff along those lines. She told me about this and we laughed because it was so ridiculous and they knew she was in a relationship. Fast forward a few months and he doesn't work there anymore as he was only a part-timer so he wasn't there much anyways. For some background information, me and my girlfriend have always been extremely loyal to each other. We've had an overall healthy relationship and we've been great about communication. We are best friends and we have been really content with each other. We resolve any issue that we have with each other all of the time. So this came to a giant surprise to me. One of her co-workers is seemingly toxic. At least that's from what I've been told by my girlfriend. I'll call this co-worker Jenny. This is also not her real name. She's 21 years old and she's a girl who likes to party and do illegal substances as well as hook up with guys if you know what I mean. My girlfriend had been warned about this girl from other friends because they said she's fake. My girlfriend stayed on good terms with Jenny since they were co-workers and would sometimes hang out with her at bars or at house parties. Anyways, my girlfriend had a birthday party at a bar about a month ago. It was a party where she invited all of her co-workers. I didn't go because I didn't know her co-workers and my girlfriend implied that it would be awkward because I don't know them. I wanted to go but I just took my girlfriend's word for it because I trust her and I'm not super into socializing anyway so it kind of worked out. I had fallen asleep and she came home around 2 o'clock in the morning. She went to bed and things were fine. She wakes up early, hungover, and tells me she made a mistake. I start getting anxiety because I knew exactly what she meant. She told me she kissed somebody at the bar, and that's the only detail she had given me. Later that day, she confessed that it was with her old co-worker, Jim, the one she had been teased about previously, and she has known him for like a year at this point. I was insanely hurt. She is not that kind of girl, and I was super surprised this had even happened. She gave me more details about Jim, and apparently he had flirted with her a handful of times, both at work parties and at work in general. She told me that he showed up at the party and then things just went from there. And honestly, I believed her. After having my doubts about what she said, I ended up looking at her phone for a solid two minutes. I looked at the messages between my girlfriend and Jenny because I had my suspicions about this girl. And I am pretty glad I did. I found out that my girlfriend actually invited Jim to her party at the bar. Jenny had told her to invite him, so my girlfriend did it. She was saying things like, he said yes, I'm so nervous, I'm so excited, stuff along those lines. So essentially, what 
what I'm thinking is, I was lied to about the entire situation to save my feelings. Once I confronted her for these texts, she was so regretful and really upset about what she did. She cried and apologized over a hundred times and talked about how I'm the only guy she ever wants. I know it was wrong of me to look in her phone, but I had a gut feeling something was off with this entire situation. I know she regrets what she did so much and it's hard to see her upset, but I am deeply hurt by what she did. It's not even the kiss itself. It's the deception and lying to my face and planning something behind my back that hurts the most. We have had a great relationship and it is really upsetting to see what it has become. We've talked so many times about this situation and she has pleaded for my forgiveness, but this is not the first time she has hurt me. She hasn't cheated in the past, but she has done some things that have made me feel betrayed by her and this whole situation in general honestly just sucks. This situation does suck because it sounds like the girlfriend was excited to cheat on you. It's like she's saying that you're the only guy that she wants to be with, but then she does stuff like that in the text message, saying how excited she is to see this other guy and she's so nervous. Like, if she was loyal to you, she wouldn't be excited and or nervous or even invite this guy in the first place. Unfortunately, I honestly think you've been played and that's really unfortunate. And it sounds like she only regrets this after the fact that you found out. I'm really sorry this happened, but you know what? You're going to find someone who's not going to cheat on you and is going to love you for who you are. And in complete contrast to this lady, you'll have someone who's excited to be with you and not with somebody else. My mother used my illness as a way to gain social clout. About six months ago now, I had a life-changing surgery. After a year of debilitating symptoms, as well as the threat of no longer being alive, I had a whole body part removed. Recovery has been rough, but I'm getting better every day. It's worth mentioning that, though I suppose that the reason why my illness got so bad is because it went untreated for nine years. I developed it in childhood, but my parents couldn't be bothered to take me to a doctor. I learned to live with it, and then it became life-threatening. I love my parents, but they are flawed people. They did express guilt over the situation, but ultimately justified it to themselves, even though the signs were pretty obvious that something was wrong. My mom especially, I guess, wanted to preserve her pride, as well as her image as a loving mother. And before my surgery, while I was still just trying to survive day to day, she made a support group for me online. According to her, it was pretty active, and it was full of people giving their condolences and words of encouragement for our family. But then again, how could I actually know? She never actually let me join this group. From what I can gather, it was a space for my mom to give updates on my condition, talk about what the family was going through, and all of that. But she really made the group to support herself, to basically explain what she was going through, as well as how hard my illness was on her. For context, I don't even live with her. I didn't even want her visiting me in the hospital and lied to her about how many visitors I was allowed to have to make her stop coming. She tried to butt ahead of a visitor that I actually did want there, and I had to have the hospital keep away anyone who wasn't my chosen visitor just to stop her. I did send her a picture of me, looking god-awful by the way, giving the thumbs up when I was right out of surgery, and also while I was stocked full of painkillers, and that was a mistake. That photo made it to the support group without my permission, so like, God knows what else was posted there. Again, I was never even allowed to see it. My mother has always been super self-centered. This isn't the first time she's used me as a prop for her own social clout. I'm very used to it, and I'm getting better at practicing my boundaries with her, but this time, I clearly made a mistake even letting her into my life. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This mom does not sound like a very good person. I mean, honestly, how bad of a parent can you possibly be where you neglect your child so much that eventually your kid loses a limb because of your negligence? I mean, that's insane to me. And then while they are recovering in the hospital, you use their image, their likeness, and basically use them in general as a way to gain social status. I mean, that's just crazy to me. I honestly feel very bad for the original poster here because they're already going through a lot as it is. And the last thing they need is their entitled mother to use them in this way, which is just absolutely disgusting. My parents are trying to control my dating life. I'm a 30-year-old female and I recently met this guy on Bumble. We uninstalled the app two weeks in and we have been exclusively dating for almost three months. Everything is going great. We are both open and transparent and it's been the best almost three months after being single for five years. I work as a lawyer and I live with my parents. We're Southeast Asian and they're religious boomers. For context, they think martial law is the best thing that happened to our country. I'm an overachiever. And okay, one point in college, I let my mom talk me out of a great relationship I had so she could introduce me to a family friend who I dated for three years. And guess what? They turned out to be a psychopath. I told my parents about the first date out of respect. And because at 30, I thought they had no reason to try and stop me from dating. My boyfriend works at a call center business ever since he got laid off due to the pandemic. We have fairly the same upbringing. And I thought this would please my parents. Right off the bat, my parents hated him and thought I was dating beneath me. I've had to 
make up excuses to keep dating him and my parents seem to think I'm disrespecting them and throwing away my life for this guy. I personally don't think I am. They're just very materialistic. They've refused to listen to me about why I like him and when I do, they're saying I'm defending him. I'm honestly not asking for their permission, but I do hope they come to terms with the fact that it's my dating life and I get to choose my partner, especially because I'm an adult and 30 years old. I don't want to come to a point where they disown me or I have to move out. I am supporting them by paying the bills. They're also expecting me to support my brother who didn't graduate from college and is unemployed. What should I do? I think you have it right. You need to explain to them that guess what? This is your dating life. And the last time you followed their advice, you ended up dating a psychopath for three years that they recommended. It's really weird that they would say you can't date this guy because he doesn't have enough money. Like there's so much more to a relationship than money. And if you're happy with this person, then I say just continue to date them. Your family does not and should not dictate your life in this way. I think also you're 30 years old and I don't know if there's maybe some cultural differences that I'm not aware of, but it would probably really benefit you to get your own place. I think maybe this way the cycle will be broken and they won't have such a foothold in your life. You can still have them in your life, obviously, but then they won't be right up in your business deciding who you can and can't date. And no, you don't need to ask for their permission. If this is what makes them disown you, then man, this is a very fragile relationship if you really look at it. I think you have a good head on your shoulders. I think you're doing this right. And I think you honestly just want to keep the peace from the sounds of it. So I would say keep going and maybe your parents will come around. You never know. They could end up really liking your current boyfriend. Today, I messed up by deadlifting my bag at an airport and almost getting detained by the TSA. I've been a powerlifter for a few years now. Whenever I go traveling for significant periods of time, I generally take some lifting equipment with me, including squat shoes, lifting belt, gym chalk, and protein powder. I should add that I don't really look like a powerlifter either. I have no visible muscle and I weigh like 95 pounds at 5'3". So anyways, my boyfriend and I are going through airport security and he grabs me really rough and suddenly to get me out of the way of someone's swinging suitcase. I see TSA look at us a little more closely, but don't think anything of it. Then we get stopped because our bags contain chalk and protein powder, so they needed to go through our bags. Also noteworthy, I'm wearing a crop top, and I guess it came up a bit while my arms were raised while going through security. There is a couple of large bruises above my abdomen where I brace against my lifting belt while deadlifting. So the same TSA agent asked me to come with her, and once we're far enough away from everyone else, she asked me if I'm safe or if I'm even being held against my will and if there's someone she should call for me. I'm really confused and kind of nervous at this point, but I tell her nothing is wrong. She noted how my boyfriend had grabbed me earlier. I told her he was moving me out of the way of someone else's suitcase. Then she mentions the bruises above my stomach and I say, oh, no worries. That's just belt marks. She looks even more alarmed at that and I think she called for backup. I hang out with so many gym rats that I forgot normal people don't associate belt with lifting. The combination of random powders in my suitcase, plus the bruises, plus the grabbing had set off this woman's alarms, and I think that she thought that I was in some kind of sketchy situation. I quickly realized my mistake, and I tried to explain that I'm a power lifter, and that the belt mark was from a lifting belt. I don't think they quite bought this explanation at first, and I see a few more security agents approaching us, as well as my boyfriend. I'm a little panicked because I don't want to cause a scene, or seem more suspicious, when we had never actually done anything wrong. The TSA lady tells me if I need help to just let her know and she would keep us separated. So my brilliant idea was to get into a deadlift position and deadlift my five pound backpack. I don't really know what I was thinking at this point, but thankfully at this point, the TSA had finished testing the protein powder as well as the chalk and had verified that it was not anything suspicious or illegal. So they let us go. When I told my boyfriend about this, we both laughed uncontrollably, but I think next time we're not
not going to bring protein powder or chalk with us to the airport just to be safe. That's actually a really funny situation because maybe these TSA agents are actually trained to look out for these situations. And the fact that your boyfriend moved you out of the way, as well as the chalk and the suspicious powder in your bags, most definitely hit all the marks in this lady's mind that, oh no, this is a sketchy situation and I definitely need to intervene. It's really sweet though that they did intervene though. That's really cool. I didn't know that the TSA would look out for these types of situations and would try to approach and try and help out. I guess it makes sense considering all the things they do already in terms of keeping people safe and trying to screen all the people that get on planes as well as their baggage. So yeah, I agree with the original poster. Next time, leave the chalk as well as the protein powder because next time you might not have your five pound carry on that you can deadlift to prove your innocence. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.